You are listening to Talks for Change, a podcast series which aims to share innovative ideas that inspire across various disciplines whilst celebrating achievements and ideas from Curtin University's Young Alumni community. This podcast, along with the Young Alumni program, is really special because it's for Young Alumni by Young Alumni. We hope you enjoy this month's episode. Hi there, my name is Luke Webster and I'm excited to be back hosting this month's episode of Talks for Change. I'm a proud member of Curtin's Young Alumni Community, having completed a Bachelor of Arts in Communications and Culture Studies and a Master's in Internet Studies. I'm also now partway through my PhD researching transmedia storytelling and the evolution of narrative in the digital age. My studies and passions have also allowed me to spend many years working here at Curtin too. And I love my job as the team leader for school outreach in the Curtin Ahead program. In Curtin Ahead, we work to assist students and members of the community who aren't traditionally represented in higher education to access the information, skills and support they need to pursue further education. But enough about me. I'm very excited to introduce our special guest, young alumni. This person has a wealth of experience in higher education, social justice and community and equity engagement, and is passionate about people and finding sustainable solutions to local issues. Our guest has pioneered new opportunities for people in prison to access higher education as a form of rehabilitation and personal growth. This person is also a globally accredited coach and the founding director of the coaching consultancy Hello Spark. I've watched our guest use their skills to create a career that satisfies their passion for empowering people and helping others to thrive in their unique strengths to identify their goals and to build self-efficacy. So with that, I think we'd better ask our first question and allow our special guest to introduce themselves. Hello, today's guest. Who are you? Hi, my name's Pia and um, I'm honoured to say that I work with Luke Webster. (laughs) (laughs) We do work together, don't we? We do, we do, for a long time. And so I'm part of the Curtain Ahead team and my focus in the team is really in the space of our criminal justice system. So working with people who are incarcerated and those who are looking at coming out and integrating back into the community. And um, a little brief overview of what we do in this space is that we raise aspiration towards learning We also create access pathways to the university and to study in in general. It doesn't have to be at a university level. Um, And then we also support residents who are transitioning back into education post-release and back into the community. And uh, the most incredible insight in this work that we're seeing is the generational impact it's having. And so, yeah, greater, greater things to come in this space. Beyond that, I um, have my own company, a coaching consultancy, and this really is um, a birthing of my passion. You know, I love people and I'm passionate about someone's journey. Um, similar to how I've come and stepped into what I'm doing. That's something I've been passionate about for a long time. So helping people to discover what's right about them and helping people to discover their unique talent and uh, where their talent and their purpose meet is uh, the sweet spot. And I love coaching people to get to that place and thrive from there. Absolutely. I've been able to watch that firsthand. <laughs> you, I remember us talking years ago about the fact 
you've spent time working um, off your own back with um, youth who are homeless. Yeah. And I've seen you've kind of combined your passion for empowering people and working with them yeah. to create these sorts of jobs that you've just been talking about. Yeah. So um, how important has it been for your journey um, to be able to take the things you're passionate about and then apply to a work context? Oh, very important. I think you are who you are and you bring it to everything you do. Um, I think, comp- uh, you know, one thing I'm big on is not compartmentalizing life, that I'm one, you know, one way in this job because of what the job requires of you and I'm another way outside. I think you can bring who you are and that is living out your passion. Um, you know, I'm a, essentially a project manager, but I don't fit the mold of a project <laughs> manager, but I bring in who I am. I bring in what I'm passionate about and that's the only way I operate it so someone else doing it would look different you know and it should be and I think that's the place when we start adding value and we start serving in the area of my employment or in the area that I carry a passion for versus just coming and taking the job you know so I think it's very important absolutely well in in the two instances you mentioned at the top Mm -hmm. um, working with um, people in prison Mm -hmm. and also your own coaching consultancy they're 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 actually jobs you've created uh, sort of whole cloth essentially isn't that right yeah yeah we've 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 never done it in the state before so (laughs) yeah Um, so I guess how do you find um, what are are some of the things that make your ability to create those changes successful what what are some of the ways that you can actually create social change in the ways that you've been able to do sure I mean being a coach one thing I've realized is that it you know how we how we do things and the what we produce the outcomes we produce comes down to your how you're gifted how you how you uh, what your strengths are you know and one thing about me that really wasn't evident when i was a kid is that i'm a builder I love to build people, I love to build things, and everything I like to build, I'm wired for humanity. So we've got builders who have incredible business ideas. You know, I'm not, I'm not particularly there, um, but I'm the kind of builder that all my ideas are around people and making things better. I've been wired that way since I was a kid, but I never really had exposure to developing that when I was a kid until I um, came here, you know, and I saw some things and I had a stronger voice to do something within me than the voice that said I shouldn't. And I just responded. And I think that's what life offers. It Life offers you a lot of things to respond to or react to. And I just choose to respond. And so my biggest thing is, um, you know, be willing to pay the price for the change. You, you can't make change without paying the price. Um, if we want to get paid for it, we're an employee. If you want to be a change agent, I think you just have to be willing to pay the price um, and risk something for it. That's what it takes uh, to bring someone out of extreme poverty or out of um, their social context. Right. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I guess um, something for us to talk about is that Often when you reach the end of your study, mm. the next logical step is to find a job. Yes. <laughs> and when you're passionate about creating change mm. um, and talking about um, being unafraid to go out and just make change yeah. and allowing a job to grow around that or to allow that to inform the jobs that you apply for, Yeah. what are some of the practical steps, I guess, that people can bear in mind mm. when we're balancing, um, I guess, the job market, essentially? Yeah, 
I think, and that's a crossroads. It was a crossroads for me, and it didn't line up. Mm. Um, it could have lined up. I just wasn't at that space, you know. So I think for, for for a lot of people, what we hope for is that we would go and study something, and then boom, you get a job in that field, and that's wonderful. If that can happen, that's brilliant. Um, and and the some careers are a lot more streamlined. And I think for me, self discovery came quite late if I can say it that way I mean I you know and so my encouragement to anyone listening is to really reflect on who you've always been uh, reflect on what makes you tick and I, I think I only started to do that at a later stage you know I've always since I was a kid had a heart for people and so for me I, I did a, um, a fashion degree yeah. <laughs> so I actually did a fashion degree at Curtin. Now, I've always been a creative person. I love to make anything, hence why I like to build. Um, and so the back in my day, I mean, if you wanted to think of something creative, it was, you know, it was either arts or fashion was in there as well. And so I, I took fashion and I loved it. Um, I very quickly realized, though, in my first year that this industry, I mean, I'm nothing like it. And I didn't want to become anything like it. Um, and and I, that's, uh, I'm not, I don't want to be disrespectful of an industry, but I, I realized that this is not me. And I do believe you can be yourself in any industry and that you do not need to be molded. But I was a very impressionable young girl who was discovering her identity at the time. And so my crossroads was... I, you know, I'm, I wasn't from Australia. I was an international student. I'm doing a fashion degree. I have a heart for people. I knew that. And I realized, wow, I wish I studied law or social work or something, even nursing. And I had to make a decision. So for me as an international student, that would have cost a lot of money to shift. And I just thought, you know, I want to finish what I started. That's the best decision I ever made as a kid, that I wanted to finish what I started and um you know be willing to pay the price for the change when i was ready to make that change and so i was committed to finishing the degree and i was committed to enjoying the journey it was also my fashion degree that really helped me and positioned me to do what i'm doing um yeah and so there is hope at the end of the tunnel um it's not always streamlined Absolutely. Yeah. I think uh, knowing you, you're, you're a very quiet and unassuming sort of person. But over the years, I've come to realize just how passionate and how mm. um, thoughtful you are. And, oh, and thank you. I've watched, I guess, in awe at the level of change you've been able to make in starting your own programs uh, and also mod modifying programs that have already existed to make them much more powerful and impactful. But the point you make, I, I've always find it really super interesting to reflect on the fact that you studied fashion and textiles yeah. and that's what you graduated <laughs> with uh, yeah. as a bachelor degree initially. Yeah. So what were some of the skills you got out of that degree that helped you um, continue the journey to where you've ended up now? Sure. I'd say discipline, um, commitment and drive. The hardest thing for me when I got to second year was knowing that this is not what I wanted to do right now. And knowing that my heart was, you know, my, my desire to do something for people who were struggling was so huge. And the older I got and the more I, you know, I'm exposed to things around me, the more that grew. And I started to pay attention to that. So in my second year, that was the hardest year for me at uni because I'm here to be committed but my heart is somewhere else. And so that lesson was the lesson of a lifetime for me because every semester I was like, oh, you know, 
I, I, I don't want to do this, <laughs> but I would. And it was a hard degree. I mean, it, you know, arts is by far not an easy degree. The challenge, there's always a challenge. You know, nothing was easy. You had to work hard. And I think I, I, the best thing I got out of it was this incredible drive to to finish what I started, to be, be responsible for the things that I've committed to, um, say what I was going to do and do it well. Mm-hmm. Um, I by no means, I made the decision that I wasn't just going to pass just because I, th- I thought I was going to stay. I wanted to do my best. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to make sure that at the end of it, I stretched myself. So even doing this degree, I never took the easy way out. I always tried to think of concepts that were complex or that was you know, never been done before. And that's something I've always thought. And again, in my degree, I might have been in a degree that I knew I wasn't going to pursue, but I applied myself. And I am wired to think of what haven't we, you know, done before. Um, Because I always see university as the greatest place to fall and rise, as the greatest place to try something so big and impossible. Because no one's no one's at the risk of of your failure you you know i think failure and challenges are literally a stepping stone right so i've never been afraid of that i'm okay if i get a fail because i just know where i went wrong i just know that that did why that didn't work and to me that's like a price i'm paying at uni <laughs> not yeah, yeah. not a price that someone else is paying because of my choices so i learned a lot and my love for people i worked with every pretty much most areas of the university like i would call in the engineering guys and be like hey, i have this idea but i don't know how to do it <laughs> <laughs> you guys you know do you know how to do this can we work together and it was incredible uh, you know it was an incredible place of safety for me this place um so yeah i think i just learned to stretch myself mm. i learned to have capacity in this place you know because i didn't have what it took to you know what it takes to come but i did learn to finish bigger than i started yeah absolutely yeah. um and you talk about learning the skills about yourself not i mean on top of the academic skills that you walked away with yeah. um, related to your discipline yeah. about having a better understanding of yourself as a person and then how to apply that in the real world absolutely absolutely i wasn't the top student i wasn't the most artistic um and i don't think i ever strive to be that i strive to be the best i could be for me and learn about me and i think that reflective uh learning did the best it could for me but you've been quite creative, I guess, in how you've applied your talents Absolutely. to different opportunities. And Absolutely. That would be something inherent in your degree, wouldn't it? Absolutely. I think creative creativity isn't just a doing thing. It's a thinking. Hmm. It's a way of thinking. People who are creative, I mean, nothing seems impossible. Um, you know, I th- so I think... Yeah, I think the mistake I made was, oh, this is just a lot of doing. And then I learned, actually, I'm wired to think this way. It's how I problem solve. You, Curtin's young alumni, are emerging as the next generation of leaders, creators, game changers, innovators and more. So make sure you keep your details up to date with the alumni and community relations team so you don't miss out on exciting news and event information. And always tag Curtin Young Alumni when posting photos and stories on social media. I 
I guess we're both um, really big advocates, particularly in the work that we do yeah. for the role of education um, yes. and education being a lifelong thing. So something that doesn't finish once you graduate. Mm. How have you found that you've um, continued to push yourself? Um, obviously leaving the uni with a certain qualification, mm-hmm. but then wanting to evolve that. Yeah. How have you driven yourself to continue finding new challenges and employment opportunities through that? Sure. I think training and development is important. Um, one of the reasons why I love coaching so much is because when I looked at a lot of the stuff that's out there for training and development, a lot of it's around time management or, you know, your next level of leadership, like maybe it's, uh, you know, managing a team or um, leading better or it, it's or project management. That's the kind of stuff that's out there. And it wasn't what I wanted. Um, none of that. I, I did do a lot of it. I did over time. I, I love learning. I think actually I should rephrase that. I'm actually not a big, um, like I'm, I'm, it, it doesn't come the most naturally to me, but I believe in the value of it. Mm. And so I invest in it, you know, and that's another encouragement. There are some people out there who goes, I hate learning, but I need to know it. You know what? Find how you learn. And, and apply yourself that way. I love audiobooks. Um, but when I looked at training stuff out there, I was like, this is, I, I, was, I did it and some of it was great, but some of it just, it was almost like the boxes that existed out there for me to kind of fall into. And I do it and think, no, I, I, I wasn't, um, it just wasn't speaking to me. Um, there's always something to learn. But what I love about coaching is when I started to have a passion for this is because Someone is coaching you. Someone is coaching who you are and make and, and teaching you, coaching you how to be the best that you can be. Draw out the gold in you and sharpen it. That's the kind of development that inf- impacts everything, not just your work. It's your relationships. It's who you are. You're better when you can discover more of who you are and apply yourself. And that's when I started to have a passion for this. So a lot of my development has been through coaching. Um, it has also been through intentional leadership stuff. Um, I think it, that's a big thing for me to understand leadership, to understand leadership as a being and not just a doing. I mm. think um, I think leadership is not positional. I don't think that, oh, I'm only a leader if I'm a manager or I'm a, right. you know, I think we have to learn to lead in life in every way. And that is something that I'm very passionate about. If you're not going to lead whether it's cleaning the bathrooms or walking, you know, you know, or this big job or walking down the street. If you're going to live life as a leader, you're not going to pass someone who is in need. You're not going to, what are you going to do about it? So that leadership in life is very important to me. And th- that's probably the largest investment I make in my life. Right. So having a, a strong knowledge of your, your own self mm-hmm. is something that you work with other people mm-hmm. uh, to instill as a way for people to be able to pick and choose the educational components yeah. That they need to or yeah. in order to get to where they want to go. Yeah. And having that mentality of everyone being their own leader mm. uh, as being one of the key tools to being able to be in a position to make social change. Is that right? Social change and, and just um, take ownership, I think, you know, of, of the environment we're in. Mm. Um, you know, sometimes when you think about uni students and we all have group assessments, 
you know and some some people are a bit more driven and uh, not driven some people take the charge a bit more but imagine if we all did and we led in our areas it's actually not con it doesn't create conflict it just creates a culture that we we're all here we're all in we're all in the room and we're all going to be you know giving our best and so i just think leading at every level you get people who make change in the smallest of ways that is so valuable to community and society mm. You mentioned um, earlier as well that you weren't necessarily looking at opportunities based on money. Yeah. But have you found that as you've lent more into the things that you're passionate about and good at, that money has kind of found you? Um, absolutely. Um, I think so. I, money is important um, because we re- it's, a, it's the biggest resource we need to make impact at a global level. It's very important. What I meant by that statement is that, you know, if we're willing to pay the price, so many people I meet want to make the change in this world um, before they know what change they want to make. And that's a good that's that's a good story to be part of. Mm. But we don't want to pay the price to make that change or we don't want to take the risk to create what's needed because it might cost us something, you know, and. So I think that's really important. And where that for me comes from is going back to my final year you know we were we had some fashion shows that we were uh we had to run and um to raise money for a final grad show and it was at one of those that when we were packing up at night that i actually saw some kids in the streets and uh you know there were some they were very young and you know they were, some of them were selling drugs some of them were prostitutes some of them were but uh, you know uh you know under the influence of drugs but they were all under the age of 12 and um, that just shook my world and it shook the context that I had of this nation because I'm from Sri Lanka. I understand poverty. I understand, uh, you know, the social gaps uh, that we have in my nation. I never thought I'd see that here. And when I saw that, I couldn't walk away. And um, that was that really is when I started to pay the price because I couldn't sleep that night and I thought, oh, you know, I have to do something. I want to do something. Um, and these are kids. Um, and so the next, you know, 10 years was really, I paid the price in every way. So I actually did have an opportunity to pursue my fashion career. I had two job offers, one in Sydney and one in Melbourne. Right. And I actually could have done it. And that's actually like, you know, the goal. <laughs> um, I worked really hard throughout my degree to go and get work experience and it paid off. Mm-hmm. But when I met these kids, I was willing to drop it all. You know, I'm an international student. I have no, um, you know, it's staying here is a whole other ball game. But in my heart, I had almost just this conviction to stay. And so I did. And, you know, the the that's a whole other story, well, f- what unfolded there, but... I stayed, you know, and I, long story short, I gathered these kids every night for years. Um, and that was, you know, after class uh, and then after work. And I, so the, the the job I got here, I couldn't find a fashion job in Perth. Mm-hmm. So I just got a job mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because at that point it wasn't about my career. It was about these kids. I was fortunate to have my parents support and that's all I cared about. I, I knew in my heart that journeying with these kids was going to take a long time. I had no professional training, (laughs) Um, but 
I had a heart for them and I had my commitment, you know, I was, I was sold out (laughs) to, to journeying with them and making way for them. And that's what I did. Every job I had was about them, you Mm. know, and literally my money was about them and how I spent my money at, you know, for the next 10 years was all about them. And so, you know, that was a very long journey and they, they're in incredible places now. There's been some tragic stories over the years too with a lot of my kids, but it was the price I paid. I never got paid for that. Mm. Um, and it cost me my sleep, my money, my career. It cost me everything. Um, and I and, and how I was living, um, the choices I made, you know, I didn't exactly have. I ha- That was every night for years, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know. And, so, and I look back and I love it. I never regretted it, you know. And so that's what I mean. Before I had a, a career in social justice, I, I had a lifestyle where... Yeah. I, that was my life and, and it still is, um, you know, and I just think everything works out when the only thing I couldn't help them with was, you know, it was this education barrier because a lot of them hadn't studied. And when I had this incredible opportunity years ago, when the government said they're going to invest in institutions to create pathways for people who are disadvantaged, I was like, oh, (laughs) I know what to do. (laughs) I mean, I didn't know what to do, but I knew who I would do it for. And I was fortunate to, uh, you know, land that job completely unqualified on paper. Be- you know, I didn't have experience. I have a fashion degree. And that's a thing on paper. Sometimes we, we're not qualified. But when you live a life where you actually want to be a change agent, where you actually want to pay the price and you're willing to do that, things fall into place when it's the right time. Right. You know, and it was the right time for me. My kids were, you know, drug free. My, You know, they, they were no longer battling prostitution. Um, you know, they went homeless and things were at a, it was a, and I, I wouldn't have taken it if it wasn't the right time. But along the way, you've had the confidence to back yourself. And obviously you mm. felt something quite deeply early yeah. on yeah. where you felt compelled to take your life in a certain direction. Mm. One of the things I know that you apply to um, a lot of the projects you've been involved in mm-hmm. is having a, a global vision for local solutions. Absolutely. Can you explain maybe what you mean when you talk about in those terms? Sure. I think that I would say that's my secret sauce. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, But that's something I've learned along the way. It's actually something I learned from, from, not doing it um what i so what do i mean by having a global perspective i think you need to know the local issue you and at the heart at the root of it get to understand why this problem exists where it came from understand the history and its context that's localizing the issue and you need to be an expert in that field but when you're applying solutions you my what i love is to apply it from a global perspective because a problem is a local problem always has a global impact and when we're wanting to make change that outlasts time and outlasts a program you know you don't ever change should never be attached to just a single program Mm-hmm. Because a program can kind of come and go. A person can come and go. It needs to be a concept that's so big that people can partner with it. So when I say globally, I mean look outside the box. Look at it nationwide. We're looking at the prison space at a local level, bec- at a state level. But my solutions and my application is at very much at a national level and very much at a global level and looking at everything beyond time. So global means looking at it beyond time. Mm-hmm. So truly, we create programs to raise 
this aspiration to cr give access. But what I'm actually selling to our partners and to these guys is the concept. It's an idea that education should be inclusive. Right. That's the idea. That's the global concept. And so we should all be doing this. Someone shouldn't come out of prison and, and you know, when, when our reoffend rates are going up, something's, some, there's alarm bells going on in our community, in our society. So we are the society. And so that's what I mean by global. So looking at it outside of the problem. So in my some of my previous roles, I think I was so focused on what we're wanting to achieve and how we're wanting to do that. And I did it very well and we had a great program. But after a little while, that program actually, there was no more money to run it. Right. And suddenly all these people, you know, the 7,000 people we were reaching just suddenly it was kept and and we don't even do that anymore and i was like how can i learn from this how what could i do differently and that's when i realized i needed to think higher i needed to work local and operate higher and that's how i think so you know involving people who are bigger than me i you know my number one thing is to never be the biggest person in the room right. to never be the person who is the most influential in the room because if i am i'm not aiming high enough there needs to be people in that room that are doing things and reaching people that i can't reach that i don't know they have knowledge i don't have and that way i'm saying i actually need you in this i can't do this on my own you know and and the kind of people i'm talking about it's you know at a state and a national level government um even with our criminal justice system people that that are more influential because this is not about me um, you know this is not about even curtain ahead it's actually and not even curtain it's about people and being inclusive about the people that are marginalized in our community that's what we stand for at curtain ahead so how do we do that without attaching um, you know everything to me or to a program so it's thinking globally absolutely yeah yeah, how does it feel when um, you look back at some of the people you've worked with and you're now in the midst of um, launching quite a successful uh, coaching consultancy? Yeah. How does it feel when you know that you've been able to make a tangible difference in someone's life? It's very humbling. Um, I don't take it lightly. It's actually it's super humbling. I My favorite thing about – I always pinch myself when I'm in the midst of coaching somebody because I think it's – the greatest honor for someone to be so vulnerable and authentic with you mm. and and then to say i'm gonna journey with you allow you to journey with me um it's very humbling um and i i look back and think wow i couldn't i never did any of that on my own you know and that's how it should be in my opinion and some things in the beginning i did um you know and i think oh the impact could have been so much bigger. <laughs> you but know? we continue to learn, don't we? We do. We absolutely do. And I think what's been made clear from your story is that learning continues beyond university. Absolutely. Then we take and choose the elements that uh, relate to us and mm. enhance what we want to do. Yeah. Well, look, um, Pia, this seems like a really great place to wrap up the conversation. We could chat for hours. We could. Sometimes <laughs> we do. <laughs> yeah. But I'd like to really thank you so much, Pia, for taking the time to talk with us today and for sharing your journey and ideas with Curtin's young alumni community. Thank you. Before we go, is there any last words of wisdom you want to put out to the community? Oh. Any tips or advice? Yeah, you know, I just want to say 
just go and do. Um, you know, we can't do everything, but we can do something. And that something, it does not have to be big. It could be the smallest change you'll make to your everyday, but it makes the biggest impact. And uh, so, you know, don't just talk about things. Just start doing it. Be brave. Just get out there. There is a more need for your compassion. And that's the, and, and the second thing I'll say is that change is important. There's a lot of injustice, but... Um, my encouragement is not to be an aggressive, uh, not to be aggressive about it, not to get angry about the things that are happening because that actually just um, filters your vision to actually be the change that you need to see. So be compassionate and um, just just be willing. Thanks, Pia. Yeah. Thanks very much for your time. You're welcome. And most importantly, thank you for listening. And remember, the conversation doesn't stop here. The purpose of the Talks for Change podcast series is to not only hear about the incredible work our fellow alumni are doing, but also to get us inspired and connected to keep creating real change in the world. So get involved. If you have a question for Pia, or if there's something we spoke about today that sparked an interest, or if there's something you'd like to hear more about in future episodes, post a comment on the Young Alumni Facebook page or email us at youngalumni@curtain.edu.au. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time. If you think that you or another Curtin graduate under 35 has an amazing story to tell or are interested in being part of Talks for Change, drop us a line at youngalumni at curtain.edu.au.